And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. Hopefully you've been listening all week as we have been highlighting companies that made it to the Inc. 5000 in 2022 that are located in my hometown of Kansas City. If you're not aware, that's where Startup Hustle is created, and we're proud of that. So this whole week of Thanksgiving, we've been highlighting local companies. We have another great company to have a conversation with and talk all about data, which is apparently the most valuable thing in the world these days. Is it? Maybe, maybe not. We're going to get into that too. Before we do, and before I introduce you my today's conversations with, today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult, and Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably, and we have the platform to help you manage that team. Go to Fullscale.io to learn more. That's my company, if you didn't know, and I'd love to talk to you about it. With me today, I have Anne-Marie Wells, and Anne-Marie is the co-founder and CEO of Leverage Lab. You can go to leveragelab.com. Much like there's a link to Fullscale, there's a link to Leverage Lab. Why don't you scroll on down and click that before you listen to today's conversation so you can learn more about what her business does. Let's just jump right in. Anne-Marie, welcome to Startup Hustle. Thank you so much, Matt. Uh, you know, let's, uh, as, as I love to do, let's start our conversation with a little bit more about your backstory. Yeah, great. So um, I started my career in the media and publishing industry, and it's an industry that was just lousy with data, um, customer data, user data, behavioral data. Um, and I, I, I became kind of obsessed with the idea of using data to personalize an experience for your customer. And in a lot of ways, personalization at the time was just incredibly difficult to do because data usually within an organization is living in lots of silos across the organization. So in order to get a really clear picture of what your consumer needs, you need to bring that data together. So I, I became obsessed about it in the 90s. Obviously, the technology and um, you know, data management capabilities back then were pretty, pretty uh uh, challenging, expensive, hard to create. Um, so I kept thinking, you know, I'll just keep waiting. I'll wait. I'll wait until the the tech catches up with me. And it literally was 2015 when I realized that the tech had finally sort of caught up with those those needs for for companies. So um, I had an amazing sort of transformational experience with the company I was working for using some. Uh, really nascent new technology called customer data platform technology um, blew my mind so much so that I was like, this is the time, this is my if not now, then when moment. So we started Leverage Lab to really work with organizations to leverage these new technologies to help them solve these sort of siloed data problems. And so we work with our, our clients to essentially leverage that data, hence the name Leverage Lab, leverage that data to create um, more personalized customer experiences. And the payoffs are 
outrageously uh, amazing for companies. So um, we're out there helping people get better return on their advertising spend by leveraging their data, helping them build more personalized experiences for their consumers, getting better outcomes at every stage of the customer journey. Um, so it's really God's work that we're doing, I think. <laughs> so you, you mentioned, I mentioned uh, at the beginning of the show that data has this like worldwide value that has been a part of so many conversations with stuff. And you mentioned using the term siloed, you know, we've had a lot of conversations on the show about data, different stuff. And for those of you listening, you essentially in this structure, you have structured or unstructured data. Now data is everywhere. Like if you build a web platform or anything, you've probably got a whole lot of it in your server. It's just, but it, until you can structure it, meaning put it in, to, let me visualize this. Since you can put it in a pretty spreadsheet where you understand the columns and the rows or something, uh, it, it, it doesn't always make any sense, but even in that format, it's still not super valuable unless you can create something actionable for it. Absolutely. And, and it's got, and, and I think that's been one of the biggest challenges with data-driven stuff because people will go back and do data analytics and, for example, be like, oh, we notice if these thing, th these three things occur, we lose a subscriber. Mm -hmm. How do we figure that out when they've done two of them? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. as part of what Leverage Lab does, is it about creating that actionable output? Yeah, absolutely. The way we think about it, it's uh, what we call the three Ds. So there's data infrastructure which is bringing all your siloed data together. I, I saw a stat not too long ago that enterprise companies have up to a hundred different technologies in their marketing technology stack. And even smaller companies, we work with some smaller companies that have several, up to a dozen. So uh, we've got to bring that data together and create this sort of resolved identity for a consumer. I like to characterize it like it's a baseball card. You know, if you could look into a system, a technology system and see, you know, here's Matt on the, on the front of the baseball card and all the back is everything that he's done with your organization. Lots of home runs. And, yeah. And doubles. And RBI. Runs yeah. Huge <laughs> batting things. average. That, yeah. That was my baseball card. Exactly. Exactly. Just so we get the data right on it. Right, Sorry, right. I didn't mean to. I just needed to throw <laughs> that in there. Sorry. I love it. That's one of my rookie cards so valuable. <laughs> Very valuable. Um, but once you can get to that place where you've got these baseball cards for all of your consumers and you know exactly what they're doing, what you're talking about, you know, with, hey, can we predict what they're going to do next based on behaviors? That's where the the second D comes in, the decisions. Mm -hmm. It's like finding the the noise, the signal in the noise, the disproportionately important moment that you need to act on in order to save that customer, up, upgrade that customer, provide a loyalty you know, opportunity. So data, decisions, and then delivery. And that was the other thing that you said. It's like, okay, I wanna make, I wanna do something that's actionable. I need data that's actionable. And the last mile is I've got my data resolved. It's all in one place. I've got great insights through the decisions that are coming from that data, the noise and the signal. And now I need to be able to act on it. And I want to act on it in any channel where my customer's going to be. And that's, that's really, you know, how we talk about personalization um, and personalization at scale. So the systems that we help create and the infrastructure that we help create with our customers aligned with methodology is what really drives that sort of ability to build personalization at scale. So for those of you listening, Leverage Lab was 
number 1235 on the Inc. 5000 list. You guys had 526% growth over the three-year period. Congratulations. It's Thank great. You. Um, now, you, you're, we, before we hit record, I, I so I have these, for those of you that don't know, I have these notes and we call them a set list. And it's, we have a production team that does research. And part of what they look at is industry served. And it says advertising services. Mm-hmm. But we have a, a momentary debate of whether that's it. But who, so who are the primary users and customers at Leverage Lab? Is it marketers and advertisers? Yeah, you know, I would call, I would say that any anybody who really truly believes that they are under leveraging their customer data and that they can get more value from their data would be our type of customer. So we work across a wide variety of industries. We have gaming companies, we have consumer packaged goods companies, we have a lot of retail. And we have this weird little beauty industry niche that we're creating um, with some of our, uh, we've got a, a, a little cachet of, of D2C, direct-to-consumer beauty companies that we work with. Um, but really, again, I think it's just, you know, people who uh, believe that, serving their customer a more personalized experience is going to lead to more purchasing, higher average order value, more diversity of purchase, more retention. Um, those, those are the folks we work with. And again, you know, we've got some of the largest brands in the world uh, or consumer packaged goods companies in the world that we've worked with all the way down to mom and pop shops. So uh, I think it's, a, it's like a psychographic almost kind of profile of the companies that we end up working with. Do you, is there merit to saying that, okay, so I look at, I talk to people a lot about, they seek advice about sales, mm-hmm. salesperson, right? So yeah. they want input. And I tell people a lot, I'm like, you know, 80, 90% of the sales process is the same across industries worldwide. Oh, yes. Is, is, do you find that to be similar with a lot of data? Cause like oh I look gosh. at it like, okay, so in, in the la- in the business school that I dropped out of, you <laughs> um, we, they always refer to widgets, you know, yes. Acme Corp sells widgets, mm-hmm. right? But, but that kind of trains your thought process to like the, the, the thing you're trying to sell, improve or whatever can be very universal. It's not necessarily just, you know, stuck in an industry lanes is that, do you take that approach or I, I know that doesn't work in every case, but is, is that what plays out a lot? It's like you're looking into my soul, Matt. Um, That's what I do. (laughs) So yeah, we absolutely believe that, you know, customer journeys are not as complex as people make them Mm, out to be. Neither is sales. Right. Customer journey, like in our world, retail, you go from, I have no awareness of you to, I am aware of Mm -hmm. you. And now I'm engaged with you. And now I am looking at products. I am buying products and I'm becoming loyal. And this customer journey, we actually call it the infinite customer journey, because in this data-driven world that we sort of create for our customers, um, where you live in that customer journey is very clear. Like the data in the system can tell you exactly who's been engaged with you but hasn't purchased. We can know who's purchased but hasn't repurchased. Like all of that data lives in the ecosystem together. So, and again, we can segment on it, we can activate it in channels. So um, our way of thinking is very, there's a very holistic sort of methodology that we think about when it comes to customer journey. Use the data to define where people are. And then the marketing bit of it is coming up with the tactics to move them along, move them from this stage to that stage or back into this stage. You know, like, yeah, again, we call it the infinite customer journey, and we really apply the same methodology to every company that we work with. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, a gaming company that has 
these huge gaming releases or you're selling, you know, mascara and eyeliner, customer journey is the same. Yeah, I always try to simplify that when it comes to, and here's the thing is really in the end, I mean, trying to sell something. I mean, that's the main, why this stuff's valuable. Yeah. I mean, can we do a better job? And, you know, some people are angry at data. Yeah. And, you know, like, I mean, your, your laugh says it all there because it's like, <laughs> but, but here's the thing, like, okay, so I'm going to use Facebook, uh, whether they get my data right or not, I'd rather have them show me things that I'm interested in or find useful or yeah. whatever. And by the way, your phone's not listening to you people. It just actually, they're that good at it. They yeah. know you like Snickers. Mm-hmm. Like my, I said something about Snickers and Facebook showed me and I had three seconds late. Yeah, that wasn't supernatural. Like <laughs> there's a, there, you talk about billions of people on the planet and we're very, very uh, predictable yep. as people. And you get into but, but the sophisticated side of data analysis. Like, I mean, like, okay. So you would say people are angry at data and rightfully so in some cases, because used improperly and it has been. In a lot of oh, cases, for but, sure. but overwhelmingly, everyone that I talk to that has been in the space or specializes in it, they're trying to make things better for a consumer. Like, and, and for me, like, just take me straight to what I want, people. Yeah, like I'm down with that. Like, show me what I need, and I appreciate. Like, we'll just use like Amazon or any of these things. So, Amazon at the bottom, I'm about to buy something, and it's like you probably need this too. Mm-hmm. That is data. Yep. And like just, and that's simple and it, that's not super complex. It's like literally like people buy this, this, and this with these things together. And like, yep. I find a convenience to that. And sometimes also a discovery process of, oh man, thank you for reminding me because mm-hmm. nothing's worse than getting the thing you need. And then there's that other thing you really didn't think you needed or didn't know you needed. And now here it is. Uh, yep. So, but, but what do you do to simplify it? Cause let, mm-hmm. we talk, all right. So you mentioned data. I, I, I can't remember the name of it. I was reading some, I, I was trying to build some of my own stuff and mm-hmm. like, look at, so we, it, we help people fill roles for software developers. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. with that, anybody that posts a job for a software developer is kind mm-hmm. of a lead. Yeah. So we went and collected all that data and then we we're like, Oh my God, this is too much. <laughs> like it really was. Like yeah. we would, I mean, we could have like in, you know, we had like 85,000 lines of data and all this stuff. Yeah, so we yeah. had to figure out how to structure it because mm-hmm. it came from different sources and then how to rank it. And really in the end, it was just all about like, how do I simplify this down? Cause 85,000 people is, or companies is not a reasonable approach pattern. In fact, yep. that's way too wide of an advertising group. Right. Right. So we wanted to get it down to like 800 50 yeah. simplification and, mm-hmm. and shaving some stuff out. And like, how do you realize what you should care about and what you don't and yeah. make it simpler? Oh my gosh, such a good question. So when we started the company, uh, again, you know, we were coming off of this experience that, that myself and my co-founding partner had at a company using this new technology, getting our data organized, building this infrastructure and then activating on it. And we took this very boil the ocean approach, you know, like we just need everything that you know, touches a customer, like anything and everything. So we can get all this insight and then we're going to be able to really use predictive modeling and sort of, you know, data science and machine learning modeling to really, you know, pull out those really important moments, those disproportionately important moments and then act on them. But what we learned was that there's a very select set of data that really predicts behavior when it comes to purchasing, 
it is where your product and interests are, you know, what are you looking at? What have you been engaging with? You know, what drew you here in the first place? And then it's your level of engagement. You know, how active are you? How, you know, uh, frequently and, and recently and what's your momentum of engagement? So we started to learn that there were just, you know, we didn't have to boil the ocean. We could get more discreet, you know, identify the specific data elements at you know, an individual client level that are going to be the best predictors of behavior and bring that into the ecosystem first and then do baby steps. You know, like the tactics that we do with an organization evolve over time, you know, right out of the gate, just doing a better recommendation of a product on the website, like you said, with Amazon, you know, getting those recommendations in there. Oh yeah, that's right. Or making it not difficult to actually complete a purchase. Yeah. Or make it easy to complete a purchase or recommend something in the purchase cycle that, that goes well with the product that you're, you're purchasing. So it's really just being thoughtful about what consumers, how consumers like to buy. So um, I guess what I'm, what I'm describing is like to keep it simple is to really think about this as a series of stages. And what we've really focused on in our business is making sure that we have a really solid methodology, that we have the tech and data chops to get the right data in because uh, everybody's tech stack is, you know, Frankenstack. Yeah. So um, we've really focused on making, making those, those stages of that evolution simple and being really focused on the conversion. You said it. It's like, I'm, people are, it's all about buying stuff. It's selling Sales stuff. Sales is simple and people make it way harder than they need it to be. And, you know, I'll talk to people about it and I'm like, what are you doing? And they're like, we've got this A, B, C, D, E, F, G comparison, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I'm like, do you even know what, why people buy your stuff? <laughs> like, what, yeah. what's your value proposition? How do you stand out? What's the problem that you solve? Like, yep. and then and the, you talk about like the buyer psych- psychology. People have asked me what we sell at full scale a lot. And they're like, what do you guys sell? Peace of mind. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cause you, without that, nothing else has any flavor. They're like, well, what do you mean? You don't really sell peace of mind. I, you know, we kind of do cause we are a, a premium a service provider. Like we went through 49 applications to find one person to hire. So you right. didn't have to. Yeah, yeah. So you have the peace of mind of knowing that you're not wasting your time, your money, your trust, mm-hmm. any mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, as I've gotten older, I've realized that that right there, like if you can figure out why whatever you're selling gives people peace of mind, you will sell a lot of it. And mm-hmm. we did. That's why we yeah. made it on the list with you. Yeah. yeah. Amen. So, but, but with that, and it, the, I want to back up a little bit because there's, all, there's these things that let's talk for a second about the, the things that, that if you don't get a couple of these things right, I don't think the greatest data analysis in the world it doesn't mean anything. Now, before we get into that, a quick reminder that finding expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult, especially when you visit fullscale.io where you can build a software team quickly and affordably. Use Fullscale's platform to define your technical needs and then see what available testers, developers, and leaders are ready to join your team, fullscale.io. Now back to that that comment about like, okay, so we mentioned like if it's hard, if it's difficult to buy stuff, man, Amazon, changed the zip code on all of us when it came to convenience of buying. And if you've been using Amazon for a long time, and I have been, you've noticed that they continue to simplify the number of steps. They shorten the distance between you and the cash register. They made it really easy to one click, buy it, and you have that trust that it was going to get there pretty quick. 
right now. I mean, why do you sometimes tell me it's like two days and then it's the third day, but I get it. (laughs) But, but with that, like there's, I think that there's some things in that user experience or that difficulty, like, what do you find that, that will get like, that will negate great data and understanding through terrible process or approach? Like what are some of your, what's some of your experience or findings with that? Oh, so like bad personalization experience. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, sure. That could be yeah. one of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 If that's I what think, you found. Like, but let's, well, let's talk about that. Like, yeah. Is that like me going to a site and it shows me all women's clothes when I'm there to like buy a baseball jersey? That wouldn't be an unusual experience, right? right? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, here, here's what we know. There's a lot of facts. There's a lot of data out there. And since COVID, um, there's been a dramatic uptick in the number of people who are purchasing online, right? Mm-hmm. So now the marketplace is moving online and there's a ton of data that says that, you know, basically I think three out of four consumers are going to a digital experience, a digital shopping experience, expecting personalization. Like you said it, Amazon, the Spotify's of the world, the, you know, Netflix, although, you know, they're having their challenges right now, but those guys. Actually, they, yesterday they came back and they're like, oh, they, they found like two and a half million new subscribers. Oh, I didn't like, even really look this morning. No, I, I just, they just announced that yesterday. Oh, but, gotcha. But on the decline and I had yeah. never seen that too. Like, yeah. But some of that personalization though, is like, okay, so my yeah. wife will sometimes watch things with foreign subtitles. Oh, but my. then I'm in her profile. I'm like, gosh, <laughs> I'm like, you know, like, you know, I'm not, cause I'm not going to do that. I do. Yeah. I, well, I use subtitles mainly cause I'm half deaf <laughs> on many days, but I don't want to like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but, but that's some of that personalization. Exactly. And they changed some platforms it. Are really bad at it. Too. A lot of them are so yeah. bad at it. So I, I use this example all the time. And if they find out, you know, that I've been talking crap about them uh, over the years, I, I will feel bad, but I, I buy a lot of clothes from this one brand. <laughs> I like that you're just like, but I'll feel bad. But I'll feel bad. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> it won't change anything. Yeah. Uh, but I buy a lot of my clothes from one brand. And, you know, it's a brand that when you land on the website, it says, hey, give us your email address and we'll put you on our mailing list. So I, I assume that once I'm on that mailing list, they know that they have their have my email address, right? So I get their emails offering, you know, random things that aren't necessarily tied to my profile. I'll give them a pass on that. You know, they don't, they don't ever show me things that are aligned to the stuff that I buy. They're always just showing me what they want to show me. So anyway, give them a pass on that. But when I click on that email and I go back to the website and it asks me for my email address, to me, that's like, that's an offense. Yeah, yeah. That is an offense. And I I think that the time is coming when that kind of digital experience is just not going to be acceptable. I mean, imagine. It's already here in a lot of ways. Yeah, absolutely. If anything, it's just, you're kind of like, well, you kind of chuckle at it, but that's the thing is that's why I said shorten that distance to the cash register. Yes. You keep making me do the same obstacles and go right. over it. Like the simplest example is as e-commerce has evolved, how many of you abandon a purchase because they wanted you, because you had to create an account. Yes. And there was like five steps to that. So then you could then go to buy it. And that's yeah. why I went and bought it on the Amazon instead. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's an easier, yeah. easier path to purchase. For I, got, sure. I got a big one that, that I talk about regularly um, and it doesn't matter what the product is. This is Acme Corp selling more widgets. But <laughs> so people that sell stuff are really bad at telling you what features are, but not really telling you what the benefit of said features are. Oh yeah. And like, so you got to understand people that you make a, you, you buy something not because of the features, you buy it because of the benefits that those features provide. And, yeah. and too many salespeople and just 
things that are organ anybody trying to sell stuff make the assumption that people understand those benefits inherently. Mm-hmm. And no, so for sure. I was just as an example. I went to uh, Best Buy. We'll name you Best Buy. There you go. Uh, but I went there, I wanted to buy a, like a nice camera because my wife was always complaining about the quality of the pictures that we have on like Christmas morning and stuff. Yeah. And I went the first time and I've got this like, you know, like 20 year old kid, like going down this list of stuff that I don't even know what it is and I don't care. And, right. and I left. Yeah, I left. I didn't buy anything. I and that's I, I and I'm I make decisions quick. Like I went to buy something. I was just like, God, I was just all confused about it. And I was yeah. like, Do I really need to know what does this chip really matter? And it confused <laughs> me. Yeah. And I went back later, and I went back again, wanting hoping to buy something, but still kind of confused. And I talked to someone else, and this person did a really good job of telling me what the benefit was. And but mm. it started with asking, "What do you want to use it for?" Mm-hmm. My wife is complaining that our pictures. Are, they just come from our phone or kind of crappy. Now this was now that's not now cameras are a little better in phones. Mm -hmm. And so this, that salesperson didn't go through any of the features and took Mm -hmm. me straight to something said, this will give you good pictures and you won't have to do a lot to mess with it. Just Uh. put it on this. It was like an A for like automatic and you're good to go. I said, wrap it up. Let's go. I didn't even ask how much it was. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't yeah. care. I mean, right, it was right. the thing because it solved the problem, and mm-hmm. and that was the main thing. So mm-hmm. in that particular case, you get back to peace of mind. I yeah. was buying peace of mind because I'm not gonna. I wasn't gonna get chewed out for us having crappy family photos. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't care about the features. Like that's not really my thing. Now mm-hmm. with that, some buyers do. Yeah. Some buyers do, but but I, don't make the assumption that people understand the benefit of your product. Yeah, exactly. Well, now think about that in the digital space, yeah. right? So like if if you weren't shopping in a brick and mortar, but you were actually doing this in a digital and world. That's where you got to come right up from. With that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we think a lot about, again, going back to that customer uh, journey. If you are at the top of the funnel, let's say, people love to look, use that terminology, but if you are just becoming aware or just coming for the first time in a very long time and you're looking at cameras, we would think about content that you should be delivered at that point would be different than when you're like doing feature comparisons and the comparison tool and all of that, because that's a very, that's a bottom of funnel activity. That's like, I've already, I've figured out what I want. Now I'm trying to, you know, test and make sure that it's the appropriate purchase. So we even think about the content delivery and the messaging that should be uh, delivered at different stages of the customer journey. Um, Hit them right in the face with it, people. Yeah, get it. Get, get to the, the point. Mm-hmm, yeah, if you're at the top of the funnel, you're yeah. looking for solutions. Yeah, you know. And sometimes, as you when you're mentioning this, I'm thinking of like the new site that you've gone to, and you don't necessarily some of it. Sometimes that benefit statement is about you. Oh, absolutely. You like you as well, who whatever it is that you do, because you got to establish a little trust. Because yep. there's probably someone else that if we're talking about package goods, especially someone mm-hmm. else sells it. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. So, so why do I want to buy it from you? Totally. And, and, and that's the thing. And, and really don't undervalue, like, like in the example that I use, that camera mm-hmm. that you see online, take amazing family photos. Right. Because that's what they're there to do. Take mm-hmm. ama- This is great for nature and outdoor photography. Yeah. That's what I care. That's what they care about. Not this like huge list of specs. That, Absolutely. Because like, I don't even know what it is, that stuff. 
Do you? Exa- well, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Like I, I'm looking at it. I know what a I'm pixel looking, is. I'm looking at a MacBook right now, and they're like, "It's got the M4 chip." Blah 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 blah. blah. And I work in tech, and I'm like, "Is it fast? <laughs> is that good? Is it light? Does it does it load? Does it load ESPN.com quickly? Because that's what I'm buying a work computer for." But, yeah. Yeah. So so all right. So a couple of stats here um, that we can we can discuss and see if we think these are right because you talk about data and stats. Uh, <laughs> there is I use the term fact shaping and I mean that in a good way. <laughs> so you can look at data and facts and you can shape them into a favorable mm-hmm. message. Mm-hmm. There's so many different ways to say things. Like you look at the difference between ch- the word cheap and affordable. Yeah, yeah, for sure. People use those interchangeably, mm-hmm. but, you know, so with that, I kind of chuckle with stats because sometimes <laughs> they're fact-shaped in a way. So, <laughs> all right. So let's see if we're, let's play, let's play a new game that is not new to the world. And we'll just call it, well, this is our true or false game. So 91% of customers say they are more likely to shop with brands that provide offers and recommendations that are relevant to them. 91 is a, that's pretty high, but I have seen 75, 71 in different studies. So do we think that this is true I'm going to say true. I'm going with true. I'm, I mean, I feel like that's a fundamental basic thing on an e-commerce. Mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. And, I, and back to the point, like you're the expert, they're there for that expertise to make a recommendation. All right. Yep. We're going to, we're going to go back out on the internet with these and tell them that they're either right or wrong after that's my <laughs> intent here. So 80% of consumers are more likely to make a purchase from a brand that provides personalized experiences. Again, I would say true. I'm going to say true as well. Yeah. I think that that's a key thing. And if you look at, so I, I once worked at a company that had 250,000 SKUs. Whoa. Crazy. Like yeah. that's a skew stock keeping unit. If you didn't know what that, <laughs> I didn't know what that meant until I helped build an e-commerce platform years ago. I was, oh, that's what that means. But, <laughs> but with that, you get into this, like, and there's it, that, but personalized recommendations, if you have a huge product catalog, mm. now there's a whole segment of business. And I love that too. That's like, Hey, we we're really good at one thing. Yeah. It's like the restaurant that only sells chicken fingers, you know, but they're really good at it. Right. Now, so in that case, it's hard to maybe personalize the experience, but there's ways to. to oh, for to sure. Pe- different okay. people want different chicken nuggets so for I'm, different I'm a, reasons. I'll, I'll go with that one too. <laughs> All right. Here's another one. 90% of U.S. customers find marketing personalization very or somewhat appealing. Oh, I would say false. I'm going to, yeah, I, I'm going to, well, I, I, yeah, I'm going to go with false too. Cause saying, hi, Matt doesn't make me want to look at your stuff. Right. That That's much kind more. of a table yeah. stakes. You better yeah. be using yeah. the right name. So there we go. All right. So well, how about this? 72% of consumers say they only engage with personalized messaging. I'm going to say false. 72. Only say they only engage. But I think that kind of goes back to that last question. Like I'm not going to, if I'm interested to look, but I'm not going to do it or not do it. Cause it's like, hi Matt. Yeah. I'm kind of on the fence on that one. I'm going to say false too. Okay. But you think it's close? I, I think it might be a lower percentage. When you think of personalized messaging, what how would you describe that? Well, I guess I'm Is that going... like high mat or is that like you showing me products that you think I might like? Well, and I'm I'm actually going broader than that. I'm thinking about advertising. Okay. You know, I, I I don't know if you feel this way. I definitely do, but probably seventy-five percent of the ads that I see, which I pay attention, of course, because it's in my industry, but 75% of the ads that I see are absolutely irrelevant to me. I'm being targeted based on some data point that is not 
meaningful. Is that on social media or other places? I would say in digital display is the most prevalent place. I would say that um, it happens definitely in social media. I mean, you've got a lot of people out there doing crappy social media. I feel like Facebook nails me. Like they they got me figured out. I mean, a lot of it, but I'm, but I'm also pretty hyper specific with like what I'll post the, the things that I go to, like, they Mm -hmm. know I like business and entrepreneurship. So I get a lot of things that are business tools kind of things. Yeah. uh, Yeah. And yeah, but I, but then again, I've never, I'm like very rare that I click something and then buy it. Yeah. Like I am the anti conversion <laughs> in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, that's, uh, and it, but that's a big thing, though. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's the thing. Sure. Back to the data, the whole idea is uh, people get obsessed with traffic and clicks and the cost per click, and you shouldn't care about any of these conversion. Absolutely. It's a cost to actually sell something. Right. Not, not talk about selling something. Those are yep. very, people, those are very different things. Talking about, <laughs> I get salespeople to be like, yeah, I'm going to, I, this is going to happen. I'm like, so you're talking about selling something right now. Like you either sell it or you don't. It's a very yes. binary thing. Okay. 56% of online shoppers are more likely to return to a website that recommends products. Uh, I would say true. Yeah. I'm going to say true. And I'm also going to say like Maybe higher. What site doesn't recommend products? Oh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it feels like, but I mean, yeah. 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 Okay, sixth and last one, and 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 thank you for playing the first ever true false game with me here on the show. <laughs> our, our production team is going to be really excited that I used all these. Oh, stats. good, yeah, so good. Part all of right. this is for you guys, so thank you for doing all the work you do. Yeah, you know, that I got to thank our production team and our producer because they make all of our lives easier. Of course, they, and we work for them because yeah. uh, if they don't want to help us, then we have to do all the stuff we don't want to do. <laughs> and that's my biggest fear. Yeah. All right. 63% of consumers will stop buying from brands that use poor personalization tactics. I would say true. Yeah, I'll go with that. I'd still, I think one of the things, if we look back, these stats don't give me enough insight on what they define as a personalization tactic. Is mm-hmm. that what, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big point of confusion for people is like, what is personalization? How does it feel? What does it look like? What would be an example of a poor personalization? Experience? Well, that brand that I mentioned would be a, a good example of poor personalization. I mean, they're sending me emails and I click through on their emails and then they ask me for my email. That's a, that's a pretty bad experience. I think other examples of poor personalization is if, if I'm a consistent buyer, I'm a consistent customer of yours, you have an opportunity to use the data that I'm giving you in our very valid and very trusted sort of value exchange relationship. Like, I think that's the thing that we go back to is like, we need to have more humanity in the way that we think about marketing. If I've got a customer who's transacting with me consistently, they're, they're putting money in my pocket as a, as an, you know, as a, as a company and I have data about them that I can use to make their experience better. I should use it. That's really at the, at the core of what we believe. You should use what you're being given in terms of that value exchange relationship that you have with your customer. So if it's, um, you know, the 250,000 SKU company, then is it, you know, providing better, deeper, deeper, richer sort of recommendations around products, you know, cart, um, you know, the ideal sort of set of solutions that should come together based on what you've done in the past 
in our opinion, that's that's really good uh, customer experience. So we work with a QSR um, uh, that is on the East Coast. And, you know, for them, they were like, you know, we sell this certain food item, you know, like Quick Trip has the rolled food, they have sandwiches. Um, so they want to sell these sandwiches. They want to also provide, you know, a better sort of fuller cart experience. So, um, being able to say, all right, Matt's been here before when he gets this sandwich, he also buys this other thing and he gets this kind of drink. And this is the sweet item that he gets being able to spit that back, um, to you when you're in that order process. I mean, that is good customer experience and, and there's nothing weird or creepy about it. It's just simply using the data that's been given to you based on your behavior. I think, I think that repetition of stuff, like it's, and for those of you that aren't aware, quick trips, uh, convenience store chain, oh, uh, largely in the Midwest. <laughs> so we got listeners all over the world. One of the things that they do that I don't understand why everybody doesn't do is they have a, a, a cashier and they have a spot available on either side, left or right. So it is way faster because while one person's like collecting their shit and putting it in their pocket, that they're checking you out on the other side. And it's yeah. like, but for me, that's personalized enough because like, man, just get this over with. Like move it forward. I think that when I, when I think about personalized stuff, you know, throughout this whole conversation, the term conversational has mm, come to mind. And I, sure. I love that form of selling. And I think that's in many ways can be a, one of the ultimate forms of, of personalization. Now yeah. brands try to do this and companies try to do this with like live chat and stuff like that. But I think the future of a lot of sales is so we try to do this with the full scale platform and, and I'm a real big onboarding nut because mm-hmm. like, so we can ask you two minutes worth of questions about your business and literally recommend like highly technical solutions just based on it. Yes. Now that was like, so that's like 13, like click a box type questions. Mm-hmm. It used to be like 30. Yeah. And it just kept it back to that simplification and mm-hmm. simplification. And some of that was simple, like understanding it. But with that, it's a conversational process, you know, like tell me what stage your business is at. Mm-hmm. And like, and, and some of these questions have asked the wrong way or not conversationally feel invasive. Yeah. Like, sure. It's none of your business. <laughs> right. But some of that too, is there are, I'm seeing things that, you know, like are somewhat conversational and interactive and they're mm-hmm. like, you know, like they'll cap, get your info once. And when they come back, they know it. That's a cookie in a browser. This is not high technology in 2022. Right. So you return and they're like, Anne-Marie, welcome back. You know, what, what are you thinking about today? And like, yeah. you, here's some things you looked at before. And you know, people that liked these things really liked these things. And that's mm-hmm. personalization. Totally. I love the efficiency of it. Absolutely. Uh, so there's, uh, yeah, we're almost out of time here. So I want to remind everyone that if you need to hire software engineers, testers, or leaders, full scale can help. We have the people and the platform and a quick onboarding process to help you find what you need. <laughs> Just go to fullscale.io. You answer a couple of questions and our platform will match you up with fully vetted, highly experienced software engineers, testers, leaders, specialized in building long-term teams that work only for you. Fullscale.io. It's my company. More than happy to talk to any of you about it. So you know, there's, I'm going to, this will drive, I'll, I'll lose sleep tonight if I don't bring this up. So <laughs> everything we've talked about is about the conversion. It's about the personalization. It's about the sale, but with the sale. So there is, you don't need data analysis to do this. People are so bad at asking you to buy stuff. Ask for the <laughs> sale. Like I have this theory that I could increase any organization's sales, like a, no matter how big or small they were by at least 20% in a day. 
mm-hmm. if I could get everybody there to ask for a sale. So what does that mean? It's not like, it's not pressure. Like keep in mind, these people come to your store, they came to your website, they want, they want to buy something. Mm-hmm. But we oftentimes as salespeople or organizations, we're like, oh my God, I don't it's like, I don't want to ask them to buy it. They're mm. going to be offended. Yeah. But you ask for the sale and that, and that can be, a, that's a key ingredient. Like I shouldn't have to figure out how to buy something on your website. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have to like, it, it, I literally, I, okay, two things. One, I've bought a lot of stuff that I never needed or wanted because I was so excited. The salesperson actually asked me to buy something. <laughs> like it's that bad. Right. It's that freaking bad. Yeah. And then I've literally not bought a lot of stuff that I'm sitting there going, man, if this person just asked me to buy it, I'll do it. <laughs> and I won't because yeah. it just bugs me. And, yes. But but these are back to those kind of those things that you know. Hey, look, some really important and successful people say things like "be brilliant on the basics." Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. Like, ask people to buy stuff, right? Like, and then analyze data and make that even better. But yeah, that just that simple thing. Yeah. Do, do you find that with salespeople? Like, oh my gosh, yeah, I get told a lot. I I. I, every time someone, and and so rare that it happens where people say, I really want your business. I really want to do this deal with you. How can we make this work? I just, it's so rare when people ask that. That's part of our ethos, (laughs) but um, yeah, it's pretty rare. And then think about it in the digital and the digital equivalency of that is Gosh, you know, how many times do you go to a website and they're like, if you just give us your email address, we'll give you 10% off, or, you know, we'll give you 15% off. You haven't even looked yet. I mean, it's kind of the digital equivalent of that. It's like going to market sort of scared and timid, you know, go to market, giving people what they want, inform their experience as much as possible and make it easy for them to buy. It's kind of, in my mind, the digital equivalency. Once again, with me today, Anne-Marie Wells, and she is the co-founder and CEO of Leverage Lab. There's a link for that in the show notes, or you can, if you can remember it, go to leveragelab.com and learn more about how your data, whether you know where and how it's shaped and formed or whatever, that's what they do. They're going to help you figure that out. Um, that is easily said and not always easily done by people. <laughs> I've learned this myself and, you know, there's so much data out there. And I, I, I would imagine that you and the folks at Leverage Lab find a way to simplify that for people. We do. It doesn't have to be rocket science people. Like there is so much there's a beauty and simplicity that mm-hmm. is really like, I, and, and I'm glad the world is figuring that out. Cause like, I really did. I, I'll leave, I'll leave your site. If I, I, I need a guest checkout. I don't want to, I don't want to create an account for one-off purchase. I don't want to yeah. do some of that. And you know, on the side too, is I also want to like the understanding of data is okay. If you email me, if I give you my email and you are sent like Patagonia, I love your clothes, but you do not need to email me twice a day. <laughs> That's why I'm not on your list anymore. Well, it's true though. Mm-hmm. Like some of it, like, but having an understanding of that is also yeah. an idea of how you're maybe driving people away. So yes. as we, as we close out an episode, so congrats again on, on Inc 5,000. And to you. We had a bunch of Kansas city companies. On we it did. It's pretty yeah, impressive. That was, uh, I don't, I didn't compare that year over year because we were selfish and focused on our own success this year maybe, <laughs> and everyone else's, but, but yeah. So on, on our way out of this episode, I, I like to do a founder's freestyle and just kind of like give everyone a chance to close out the episode and key points or something you might've forgot. Or I mean, I've had people rap recite poetry. It's, a, it's, it's your mind. Uh, I'll, I'll follow you up with a couple of things uh, on the way out as well. But is there anything you'd like to say or advice you'd like to give on? 
Oh gosh, you know I'm definitely not going to rap or sing or anything like <sighs> that. But <laughs> uh, but no, I will. That really has happened. <laughs> like I, I didn't even ask. Like, yeah, yeah. Most people actually say they're like, I'm not going to rap or sing. <laughs> Um, but I will say that, you know, on our website, we have uh, a manifesto and our manifesto really, you know, says that we're here to kind of change the way that marketing gets done and bring it back to its humanity, you know, and we believe that and that is absolutely where we come from. Um, and we wish more people really felt that way, you know, do what the consumer wants based on how they behave and, you know, be human in the way and thoughtful in the way that you approach them. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, um, I mean, I think what I want to say on the way out is that, you know, try to look for that simplicity. I mean, yeah. and it's great to hire companies like Leverage Lab, but, you know, if you're not ready for that, there's mm -hmm. a lot of stuff that's just right in front of you. And totally. some of that's just simple. Like if you're doing, you know, CPC or cost per click ads, like set up conversion tracking. Oh, for sure. And some of that is just like on the, on the basic small level. And then you'll see as your sales grow and then that you get a lot of data. And the mm -hmm. crazy thing is I, can't, I, I probably should have looked at my phone and figured out what the audible book I listened to, but mm -hmm. you know, phone companies have like terabytes of data per day or oh even per gosh. hour. It's like insane amounts of it. So on, on larger levels, it's, you know, that's a lot to go through and it's a lot mm -hmm. to keep up with and you don't know what you're looking for. And there, I mean, there's a ton of that. Um, which isn't really the case for your business. Most likely people like right. just like, look at it and remember that, you know, the idea, if you create, if you make it easy for, all right. So people ask me for help a lot and mm -hmm. advice or input or, or whatever. And, and the ones that get it are the ones that make it easy for me to help them. Yeah, for sure. Not the people that are like, I've never met you, but I'd love to buy you coffee. It's 30 minutes away from your house. And I'm like, no, man, that's like a $3 <laughs> thing. And it's going to take me two hours of my day. Yeah. But, but it's the same thing with your buyers, your clients, your users, and you can be customer centric with that. They have a problem that they want to solve. And yeah. that's why people buy stuff. And mm -hmm. whether it's a, and you know, and, and, and that really is it. And, you know, there's, if you can figure out what that is, you're going to find that you're going to have a lot of really happy people that buy stuff. And sometimes people are like, well, I can't compete with Amazon. Yeah, sure you can. Cause mm -hmm. there's a, that, there are, there's a, there's a level of people that want that and, yeah. and need that. And, and you can follow the examples and in the footsteps of some of the giants cause they're big cause they got it right. Yeah. They got it right. Make it simple for me to buy. Click right here. Love it. I need to untrain my wife how to do that. <laughs> and I'm going to get to work doing that now. So I'll catch <laughs> up with you down the road. <laughs> Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.